0: So ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Easy Conversations. I just want to start by saying thanks to everyone who listened to the last episode featuring the homie, our cousin, Sarah Smith. Loved having you on and hope to chat up with you again down the road. So now for episode Austin Matthews, 34 of Easy Conversations. Extremely excited to be back with Matt. Again, recording via FaceTime. Matt, say what's up to the people.
1: What's going on everybody? I hope everyone's staying safe out there.
0: Yep. Still in this situation. We'll see how many more episodes we have going like this. Excited to be recording in person with you again, Matt, but I feel like that's still, we're still ways away from that. Um, No, I can't, I can't wait for
1: that day actually. Yes. They're recording in the same room.
0: Same here. I love my family and all there, but it's time to see some new people, you know? So, um, so for this episode, (laughs) we were thinking of going over just how our, uh, I guess our lives have been affected by the quarantine and some new habits and hobbies we've adopted during this time. So I posted on social media to get some insight from what you have all been going through and some new activities you've taken on in the past time. So I'll just start off by saying what I've taken on since um, the start of COVID-19 lockdown. I've been reading a lot more, which has been great for me to get to obviously while I still do watch a lot of TV and movies there to take some time to let my imagination create scenes for me in my mind, which is just as fun. And uh, you get more satisfaction out of, I find. So I read all the Harry Potter books, actually. Crushed them, not a big deal. And um, it was good to re those again. And now I'm on to Moby Dick right now, which is, um... Have you read this book, Matt? No, I have not. Yeah, it's pretty solid so far. It's some... Uh, some intense writing, old English style. It's a classic, you know. One of those books that I bought a, a long time ago, actually, never got around to reading. So I have that on my list right now. Then there's Frankenstein, um, Fahrenheit 3, 451? Yeah, yeah, that's the one. Uh, have you seen that movie, actually? The HBO, Fahrenheit 451? Uh,
1: no, I've I just I'm only familiar with the uh, the French movie from uh, from the '70s.
0: Okay, I've not seen that
1: one. But I guess they remade it with.
0: Um, <clears throat> oh, what's his name? Michael B. Jordan. Thank you. Yes. And uh, Michael <laughs> No, I haven't Shannon seen a. that version. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, that's what I've been doing to keep myself busy, and been also doing a lot of home workouts with Zach and my mom, which has been great, I found, especially because when I used to go to the gym, I went alone, which I find to be quite repetitive, boring, just not as motivating, right, because I'm not, there's no one really pushing me other than myself, and I find that I would plateau a lot using the same weights and always doing the same exercises, so working out with Zach, my brother there, he's introduced a lot of different exercises for us to do, pushes us, and um, it's just, even though we don't have the same weight selection and variety of um, machines at home, obviously, we've still been doing some great core exercises and they're just as uh, physically demanding. So reading and working out at home have actually made me question whether I want to continue paying to fit for less when the ban is lifted. So those have been my two, really, that I've taken on. Matt, is there anything that's cha- that has really changed in your life since the start of... The
1: quarantine uh, well first off you've said a lot of interesting things that I can relate to uh, especially the the working out aspect same with my situation um, at the gym I wasn't putting a lot of variety in my the different exercises and and what I'm doing now is doing workouts with my dad and he, we're pushing each other like we're motivating each other and we're doing different things and he, he likes it more than working out by himself as well same with me and it's just, we're uh we're having fun doing it it's not like boring and tedious and a task so I can relate to you with that um and I just want to touch back on like you uh, the Harry Potter books you've read mm-hmm. um because I reread them all like maybe three four years ago and like they I those books are super rereadable and I find them like the more you reread them, you just pick up on all these little things that you f- you forget about and that aren't in the movies. And I just want to ask you quickly, like, which, which is your favorite
0: book out of the seven? Oh, favorite book? I honestly read Half-Blood Prince in like three days. I crushed that one. But I don't know if it's my favorite one. Like, my favorite movie alternates between Chamber of Secrets and Goblet of Fire, and I'd probably have to lean towards those two as well for the books. I like Goblet of Fire, the book, as well, because there's a lot of different side plots that weren't introduced in the books, like them. Um, Hermione starting up the Spew organization, which fights for house elf rights, really, which would have been cool to see in the, bo- in the movie. Um, they're all great, though. Uh, it's a tough yeah. one. Yeah, for, I mean, to
1: me, 4, 5, and 6 is like the meat of the whole story. Like, like, the last book is great, but it's the end, so you're like, you're not looking forward to it yeah. for it to end. But 4, 5, and 6 is where it really picks up. The books become monsters and... There's just so much detail, which is great for people that love Harry Potter. And I'd say the sixth one is my favorite.
0: Yeah, the sixth one is great. Especially, I love the insight we get. Now we're making this a Harry Potter pod on Voldemort's backstory, (laughs) right? Like when they go back into the Pensieve to see all the memories that Dumbledore's collected. And there are a bunch more that weren't in the movie. Um, You actually get to see where he got some of the Horcruxes from, which is I thought it was super interesting. And I'd forgotten about that. So that was really cool. Yeah, I, to couldn't, I couldn't
1: agree more. That's that's why I love the sixth one is the flashbacks or the the journey into his mind. Yeah, uh, and like the movies are great, but they, there's no way they have the they you can never have the running time to capture everything in each book, which is why like the four or five ins- like the bigger the book the better it is because everything in Harry Potter is great in my opinion so the more there is to read the better it is that's why I was disappointed when the seventh book came out I'm like oh it's not a thousand pages right,
0: yeah <laughs> it comes in at like 600 pages um, which is like yeah still decent looks small length, but yeah I could have used a thousand page book for sure um, oh yeah I think Harry Potter is one of the better franchises in which like the movie's didn't really disappoint. It, or Obviously, the books are better, but they don't really pale in comparison to the books that much. Like They did a great job, especially in the casting, I found, to bring mm-hmm. these characters to life and the world to life. It's got to be one of the best. It's a top three film franchise for me, I'd say. Just that universe, I, I can't get enough of it, minus the crimes of Grindelwald, but anyways.
1: No, those, those movies don't count, but... Uh you I I can't agree more the movies to me age better with the more I see them cuz I wasn't a fan when I saw them in the theater cuz I was comparing them too much to the uh, the source material the books mm-hmm. but now that I I just disconnect to I just the, as their own little 8 movie franchise fantastic
0: top notch yeah. yeah if and anyone they're,
1: they're just going to age yeah
0: no I Go agree. Ahead. I agree 100% and if anyone is has already read the Harry Potter novels I would strongly, and, like, Matt and I both endorse rereading them again. They don't, uh, they're timeless classics. Which begs the question, like, will you, like,
1: you're reading Moby Dick, which was written so long ago. Are people going to read Harry Potter in a hundred years, or,
0: you know? I would guess yes. I would say so. I agree. Yeah. It's one of the premier fantasy novels
1: no, uh, for, for myself, reading, I've kind of like slacked on reading, actually. I read maybe a book every two months, but it's just, I don't know. When I, when I feel like reading, I just like, oh, I'll just watch a movie instead. Yeah. I've been crushing movies every day,
0: <laughs> except seen. on the
1: days I work. Yeah,
0: It's for sure um, easier to throw on a movie than to actually get in the mindset to want to read there, but I definitely recommend it. It's a nice soothing experience as well. Gives your eyes a great button. Yeah.
1: But the feeling when you finish a great book for me is better than the feeling of finishing a really good movie because the book, like the journey was so much longer.
0: Yeah, 100%. Now I just want to read a great book.
1: Yeah, no. And it's hard to read a great book because you don't know if you're going to think it's great. So you're either going to reread a book you already like or you're going to pick a classic, you know, air quotes, classic. Yeah. Like you picked Moby Dick, right? Because. If it's, it's a super well known book.
0: So far? Mm-hmm. Eh, it's alright. Um, are you like halfway or almost done? Oh, like fifty pages in. But the the edition I have, the pages are uh, like the book is big enough and the font is very small, so it's kinda of a chore to get through a page. Like I feel like I'm not it's not a satisfying it's a slow process, oh, right? I feel like I'm probably at page hundred, but just the fact that it's taking me, like, two minutes to read one page. It's just, it's a slow grind. Yeah.
1: okay. Are you reading every day?
0: No, I've actually slacked the last few days, so, uh, <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. That's okay. I'm going to get back to it. So, yeah, no, I agree also what? to what you said there about working out with your dad there and some different exercises. And Michel's just a cardio junkie, I feel like, so I could see how he could be oh pushing
1: Eric, I'm, I'm totally, I'm amazed by what my dad can do. Like, he's 30 years old, or 28 years older than me. And he's, like, pushing me, and I'm trying not to embarrass myself, so I try to keep up with him, and in my head, I'm like, how is he keeping <laughs> yeah. up with me? Like, oh, my God. He's a machine.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's the he's, uh, all right, my mom's doing pretty well keeping up with me and Zach, too.
1: Oh, great, that's good to hear. So yeah, like it must th- be hard though working out with Zach.
0: It is, but he, he's he does a good job at like helping us do the the motions properly, like to keep our bodies in good positions there and um, to really get the the motions down. And um, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I'm not trying to do as many weights or use the same weights that he's using there, but um, yeah, no, it's a good he's a good guy to be working out with. That's for sure.
1: Yeah, I can imagine. Probably knows a lot. Yeah, exactly,
0: and he looks up a lot of stuff too. Like that's something he's been doing. That which is what he submitted for what he's been taking on since the start of the lockdown. There is that he's been looking up videos on YouTube on new exercises and stuff, and we've been incorporating them in our workouts. And that was his um, submission is that he's been working out every day. Basically, Sundays is rest day. I'm also taking the day off today, so um, uh-huh. that was his. There was. Sarah also our cousin previous guest on the episode 33 wrote in that she's been doing lots of yoga and meditation and that's something she wants to make a habit of once the quarantine is over essentially to make that a regular habit that's
1: interesting actually because you would think just hearing those two words it's like it's the perfect thing to do during this situation right because it's supposed to it controls your stress breathing everything that like, for your mental health basically
0: right to
1: remain calm
0: and yeah, absolutely it's and good. That, that, have you ever gotten into yoga or meditation for that matter
1: I did one yoga session with my mother who my mom does yoga all the time like every day okay. and I did one session with her and I just I don't have like the the breathing I, I wasn't patient enough just like sitting down, doing nothing, and controlling my breathing. I don't know. I was too impatient. Yeah. So I need to get. I need to try it again. Basically, give it a fair shot.
0: Yeah. Same here. I've never done yoga and meditation. I mean, I'd never take the time really to just sit down and focus on my breathing. It'd probably be the same thing for me too. I'd lose patience and maybe not feel the immediate. Uh, gratification there and um, just give up on it basically after a couple of minutes so maybe that is something right now like you said we should take the time to meditate a little bit
1: yeah absolutely and like one of the big things during those exercises is you have to clear your mind for personally for me it's that's very hard to do i'm always a million ideas zooming in my head every like two seconds
0: yeah (laughs) Always trying to put out the the best content we can for everybody, you know. Mine's always racing. Always another movie to watch. It's tough, but no, it's definitely a great suggestion, Sarah. And right now, like, taking stock of our lives, basically, like, I don't know if we'll ever get another opportunity like this to really sit down and look at ourselves and think, are we heading down the right direction? Is everything going how we planned maybe a year or two ago? And are we happy where we are? So... Taking stock and meditating, reflecting, endorse that as well. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: that's true. Like when we have nothing but time, like that's when we start thinking more. Because you know, when you're not, you're at home all day, you start thinking about different things than you'd be if you'd be
0: working, right? Yep. Exactly. Yeah. Um, another one of my friends wrote in, Emily Loisel. She said that she's been doing home renos. So that's something, little projects at home, which is something great to do, like us as well, um, helping out around the house there. We're, um, we're actually building a wall in our basement, my brother, my dad, and oh, I. Oh, really? Yeah, to separate to make my dad a home office back there. So that's something cool okay. that we've been doing as well. Um, kind of uh, pump the brakes on it for now, waiting to get our the door in, basically, but the frame is up. So it's just fun to get into stuff like that. Like down the road, are there any home rentals that you'd like to do, Matt? Like um, for future homeowner ideas you may have or a project on the list. Off the top well, here,
1: uh, like so. When you were you mentioned home rentals, what I like about that is like like you you're saying you're building a wall. Like I love the learning aspect. Like anything I'll I'll do for the first time, I know I'll remember, and it's something that'll. I'll Basically, it it can't hurt to know all this stuff, so I think eventually when I move out and have my own place, I'll have my first project to do, and that's when I'll start learning and, like, developing new skills and something I'll keep for the rest of my life. So, like, nothing right now, but eventually I'd love to get into home rental projects because it's, it's I think it can be fun and a good learning experience.
0: Yeah, and satisfying, too. Not oddly Exactly, you did it yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Like, maybe, like, I don't know if this would be a reno necessarily, but to have, like, a home theater down the road in your house would be pretty cool. Like, in the basement, Phil Kessel style, just one chair, and it's my place, you know.
1: (laughs) Well, my dream is to have the perfect setup for that, but, like, it's not just, like, the... Me, it's more I want, because it's never happened because of space constraint, but I want a whole wall or two with line with custom built shelves. None of these, like I'm rocking bookcases now for all my movies, yeah. but I want to build custom shelves on the wall, straight lines, like across the whole room. And it'd be just be like wall to wall, a movie library nice. basically. That's so that's sick. my dream one day that, that would be my first rental project. A hundred percent.
0: Yeah. That'd be awesome. Have like mm-hmm. rental fees. As I think well it'd be great for me. <laughs> Mm hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That'd be sweet. Yeah, yeah. me too to, like, home reno down the road. Maybe a greenhouse, get into some. Uh, a home jard- uh, garden. <laughs> I was gonna say jardin. But yeah, get, like, a nice little <laughs> garden and uh, make something the squirrels and other rodents can't get into. That'd be cool. Yeah, I didn't
1: know you had an interest in any of that stuff.
0: Oh, man, I'm, uh. I'm a chameleon. I can blend into any circle and learn from them and then ex- extract knowledge and apply it to my own life. So that'd be something I'd like. I, I don't know. I, like you said, I like to learn as well and it's cool to get nice. those life skills and uh, yeah. What is actually, so the next suggestion or um, the next submission I got is something that has interest in me for a while, but I never really thought of and is something I would like to do down the road. It's not really home rental related there, but it's, our cousin, Marise Sullivan, shout out, she wrote in that she's also been doing a lot of reading, baking and cooking. And the next project, which is what I'm interested in doing myself down the road, is beer brewing. So that's what her and her husband, Mark, also alumni on the pod, are getting into next. So that I find that's unreal. I'd love to do that down the road, my own beer, but... Great on you guys to get into that. Hopefully you save me a bottle, and I hope you have a lot of success brewing your own beer.
1: Wow, that's I was not expecting you to say those two words, beer brewing. Awesome, that's crazy. Man. Although I, I do, I I do remember Mark. Mark likes his beer, right?
0: Who doesn't? But like, yeah,
1: the Mike. Well, like more <laughs> than most. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: Like he, like he, he's very knowledgeable. I, I, I mean to say, like he knows a lot of like the. I only know like the name brand stuff, but not none of the like microbrewery stuff. So, okay, that's really fascinating, huh? Because I guess you're you're having fun doing it, and then you don't have to go out and buy beer. You're drinking
0: your own beer. Exactly. Talk about satisfying, right? And then getting other people drunk off the fruits of your labor. That's awesome. (laughs) Yeah, that is. But I I looked it up really quickly. Uh, And it does sound like a pretty tough project, so I wish you the best of luck. I hope you have success brewing your own beer. Yeah, no, it does sound like a lot of work, and like you almost need like some Breaking Bad um, formula to follow really and be very, very precise. Neat. Nice. It said that you have to keep all your equipment pristine, extremely clean. So um, yeah, let me know how that one goes. And yeah, like I said, that's something I would want to do as well. And yeah, Hank, (laughs) to bring it back, Breaking Bad, full circle, get some Hank, uh, whatever he calls his beer there. Oh, I forgot about that. Uh, No, I don't remember. I think that, honestly, that's where I got the inspiration that I wanted to make my own beer from watching Hank make his own uh, in Breaking Bad. Are you going to also start collecting crystals? Ah, no, I won't go. (laughs) That's the only thing I'll imitate of Hank's, really. <laughs> so yeah, that, that was a pretty sweet submission. Great. Yeah.
1: I have no doubt they can do it because Maris and Mark are both extremely smart. So, yeah. I know they'll do. It. They'll be able to do it.
0: Yeah, when you said yeah. Mark is very knowledgeable, I thought you were just gonna say in general. The guy knows; it can converse about anything. Yeah. Same with same with Maris. So I'm sure yeah. they'll both do very well in that regard that's enough compliments for you two for now. Um, so yeah, th- <laughs> those are the submissions we got. Thanks a lot to everybody. Um, yeah, I think that's it really that I have, uh, prepared for quarantine related stuff. been trying to keep it to one movie a day. Yesterday I finished up a movie that, that the first one I wanted to talk about that I watched and then I start up. Another okay, go one. On. okay. So the first one I, well, the latest one I saw was, the two thousand and eleven classic Lincoln lawyer Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> what are your thoughts all on right. this movie, Matt? All right, all right, all right.
1: No, I remember when this movie came out. I watched it when it came out, and it's real it's. I I remember after it ended up like I wanted more more on this character and more stuff going on mm-hmm. but then i found i found out like it's it's based on books and there's lots of different stories with this character and this brother's uh, this character's brother i believe has a own series of with himself uh, like uh his brother lincoln lawyer's brother is like a cop called Bosch and he has his own stories and stuff and a tv show so there's a whole world created around in this movie and i remember the movie just like i wanted more stuff to happen i guess i thought it was a great is movie. that what like
0: what's up sir okay no go ahead
1: no like it's been nine years since i watched it so i don't really remember this story but um uh, yeah no you talk about the story a little bit to refresh my memory or
0: okay well i'm um, again with the, won't give any spoilers away for these movies there for people who need recommendations So, basically, Matthew McConaughey plays a very successful lawyer, drives a Lincoln, that's where the title comes from. And um, he has basically two cases that are intertwined throughout the movie, one being a current case that he's working on, the other being one that he thought he had successfully had the right man imprisoned, essentially. And then new evidence comes to, to... comes to light and he starts questioning himself whether or not he got the right man in jail so he represents a man who's charged or accused with having brutally beaten a prostitute and um, the character is very shady he himself distrusts and dislikes the man he's representing but he plays a district attorney so has no choice but to give him the best legal representation that he can and um, um Yeah, I mean, there's twists and turns that come along the way. I loved his character. Matthew McConaughey really steals the show in every scene he's in. He's kind of a shady lawyer himself. like He deals with some questionable people and has, yeah, like I said, questionable methods of getting the uh, results that he does. And the, there's a great supporting cast. Uh, Mar- Marissa Tomei plays his ex-wife. There's William H. Macy, who plays a PI, a private investigator. Brian Cranston plays another um, detective. And there are a few other actors in there as well. But I love the dark vibes in the movie, the good suspense, some good action, good dialogue. And yeah, I was really captivated throughout the whole film, so I would strongly recommend it. It's on Netflix right now. Yeah, great movie, in my opinion.
1: Yeah. I, okay. I'm remembering the movie now a lot. Actually, like the the client that hires him is it's. I think it's, uh, Ryan Phillip plays him, right?
0: I don't know uh, the actor. younger
1: blonde, uh, but he's blonde and he's sketchy and yes. Yeah, I remember the movie now. Very
0: sketchy. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it is a good movie.
1: I remember the what happens at the end basically. and Yeah,
0: the end was great. I was I was and nervous like, at the end. I'll just say that.
1: It's,
0: um, and like he
1: does business in his car a lot. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Matthew McConaughey's character does. Okay, I remember now. And his driver helps him too. And exactly. Or okay. Okay.
0: His driver's cool. also. A no, sweet I character. completely forgot.
1: Oh, okay, okay. I completely forgot the movie existed until you brought it back.
0: Yeah.
1: Back up. Okay. Oh,
0: you're welcome.
1: No, there's a lot of movies like that, Eric. Like, they come and go. They're great, and then, like ten years later, you bring it back up, and you're like, Oh yeah, that movie! I totally yeah. forgot it existed.
0: For sure. Yeah, so, so it's right. on Netflix. It's on Netflix, exactly.
1: Wow. Well, great great selection. Like, I mean, you went in blind, right? So,
0: yeah, well, on your part. I had heard that it was a good movie. Like, my parents had recommended it to me a few, like, years ago, and I never got around to watching it. So then I was just going through critically acclaimed films on Netflix, and I'm glad I did.
1: Well, that's awesome. Um, all right, my first movie's...
0: Yeah, let's
1: do it. Okay, I'll start off with just because we've you, done an entire episode on the on the on Tarantino, so I'll just quickly say I rewatched Pulp Fiction and Reservoir Dogs nice. on back to back nights, and man, those movies just get better every time I watch them. Classic. Um, I, um, my dad hadn't watched them in a while, so that's why I re- decided to rewatch them, and uh, Reservoir Dogs <laughs> is so raw and gritty, and Pulp Fiction is just. I mean, every line to me is iconic and amazing, so just thought I'd throw those out there first. Such good movies.
0: Reservoir Um, Dogs, I find especially, got better with time. I remember the first time I saw it, I thought it was pretty good, but then upon second, mm -hmm. third, and fourth viewing, I was just blown away. And certain characters, um, my perception of certain characters changed after multiple viewings. Like, the first time I saw the movie, I absolutely hated Mr. Blonde. But then I I, to, I find every single line of his just kills me. The dry oh, delivery. Yeah. Super funny. So, yeah, if you haven't heard that episode, check it out. It's with the Tales from the 96 Camry homies. So, shout out Basam, Haas, and Mike. If you want to check out that episode.
1: It's, prob- it's one of the best episodes, really. Hey. Like, I remember listening to it and, like, I wanted to keep... It's the only episode I'm like, okay, I want it like, five hours long talk about each movie. Yeah, it could,
0: should have been, <laughs>
1: honestly. Okay. Yeah. So I'll just mention those quickly, but uh, I'll talk... The first movie I'll, like, actually talk about a little more, I watched, and I believe this was your favorite of that year, Fury?
0: Oh, uh, it was an honorable mention, but yeah, is a great Honorable movie. mention,
1: was, Okay. Okay. Okay, so I watched Fury. It came out in uh, 2014, I believe. Yeah. Um, with Brad Pitt, John Bernthal, Shia LaBeouf, Logan Lerman, um, Michael Pena. It's just a great World War II movie. It's probably the honestly the best World War II movie since Saving Private Ryan. Hell, the best war movie since Saving Private Ryan. And I hadn't watched it since the theaters and then watching it just on the other day, even better than what I remember, just blew me away. Like the... The carnage, the how powerful the performances are. The look of the movie is what really like took me aback. Like it looks exactly like it's it's very realistic looking to me. Like just the setting and the backdrop. I loved every minute of it. It's like the two it's the quickest two hours ever.
0: Yeah, it's a really um, dark and gritty movie, I wanna say. Yeah. I need to rewatch Fury. I haven't seen that movie in years, but I've seen it a few times. I don't remember the dialogue at all. I vaguely remember what happens to certain characters and all that, but I it would merit a watch on my end for sure. And if you haven't seen Fury, definitely recommend. It's a great movie. Yeah, like it
1: it's it's also very claustrophobic and like not many movies that I can recall like are set in a tank. Like when, when When they're you're just following this these guys that are all in this tank and it just feels it feels like you're right there. It's like watching a submarine movie, basically, very claustrophobic and enclosed. And then they're roaming along. You don't know what's gonna come about, and you're just following them. And it's 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 a great great gritty uh, war film.
0: Nazi killing machine. Very
1: violent too.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Great movie. So that's my. That's my first movie. Okay, so uh, that I wanted to talk about
0: funny you should mention a World War Two movie because the next movie I watched the actually the night before or the same night I watched Lincoln Lawyers right before this, I finally got to watching your pick of twenty nineteen JoJo Rabbit. Which was a Oh wow, okay. Great movie. I absolutely loved it. I loved the dialogue, the characters. The cinematography, the storyline, I was just hooked on the dynamic between Jojo and the girl living in their house, and I loved Scarlett Johansson's character, Elsie, I think her name was, the girl? Uh, Yeah. Elsie or Elsa, not talking Frozen. But no, she was great. They're, they were all great. And I loved Sam Rockwell's character as well. Alfie Allen's character was pretty weird. Interesting dynamic between Sam Rockwell and Alfie Allen. I thought they were going to expand on that a little more. But anyways, they hinted at something in there. Um, Taika Waikiti as well was great as Hitler. Is it Waikiti or Wait-tiki? Uh
1: Two Ts. YTT.
0: YTT? damn it's a tough yeah. look anyways so he did a great job writing and directing and starring in his own movie i'm just disrespecting the man who gave us this movie i'm praising now but anyways um i thought it was a great movie i see why it was your pick of 2019 not gonna divulge on how and the yogi character as well was super funny he killed me every single scene oh my god he was so funny Honestly, it was just a great movie. Not too long as well. I think it was like an hour and 40, an hour 45. I love the color. I don't know if I already mentioned this, but I love the colors that Taika Waititi uses in his movies. He, he, there's a distinct style to his movies, not only in the dialogue, but also in the color palettes that are in the, um, the design anyways, the costumes and everything, which he incorporated in Thor Ragnarok and now this. So I'm um, very noticeable style and in
1: yeah i uh, yeah, i i agree with what you said on the uh like you can really see it in thor 2 like just watch thor 1 and 2 then watch thor 3, ragnarok and completely different stylistic choice
0: yeah which was a great choice to steer away from the thor the dark world and to get into some more light in ragnarok literally right
1: absolutely yeah so,
0: yeah, okay, that's I'm my so,
1: second First movie. of all, I'm so happy... Sorry. I'm so happy that you like this movie because some people, are like, I recommend it and they didn't like it as much, so I'm glad you're on my side.
0: Yeah, my mom loved it, too.
1: <laughs> and her name is Elsa. Elsa. Not Elsie. Elsa. Yeah. yeah, I just checked. So
0: that's um, why I didn't have time to do all my fact-checking before this episode. I've been helping around the house anyway. It's not okay. a big deal.
1: <laughs> yeah, like, in... Did you like all the clever writing in JoJo? Like, there's a lot of them are jokes, but then if you think about it, there it's really like dark stuff that was happening in Germany at the time. Like, like the caricatures of like when like JoJo's talking to Elsa and he's like he he has such a bad image of uh, like Jewish folk. Yeah.
0: No, I know a lot of it was satirical and it's all parody, really. But no, there's for sure. A lot to read into and I think it would merit a rewatch as well to really analyze all the dialogue but upon first viewing I I found it really funny and really smart it you you knew they were digging at the perception of Jewish people and how Mm -hmm. flawed really the Aryan mindset of the the, of Hitler's regime was right how absurd it was yeah exactly
1: but I mean at the time it was I mean, they were 70 years, 80 years later, so, um, no. Okay, I'm very glad you liked it, actually. Yeah, that makes me happy.
0: <sighs> so, yeah, that's my movie.
1: Um, okay. Next up for me, uh, so this, I'm actually, people, I don't know if everyone knows this, but I'm a huge Pixar I'm a fan, like, I watch all the Pixar movies, great. so I watched the latest one on Disney Plus, Onward. Have you heard of this movie? Oh,
0: yeah. Is that with Chris Pratt and um, Tom Holland? Tom Holland. Nice. How yes, was
1: it? It's. Uh, yeah, I really, really liked it. It, it's. Uh, I didn't think I'd like it as much, but by the ending, I was like, okay, this is another, another great Pixar movie. Um, you're. They're basically Chris Pratt and Tom Holland. They're like brothers in the movie, and they basically go on an adventure, a quest to, I won't say like get into it, but to find something, okay. and. It's just a really good like great dialogue funny uh, okay is it stuff we've seen some before yeah but it's done differently and it's got its own spin on it so uh, it's, it's just a really enjoyable movie if you just want to like smile and watch a movie where you don't have to think too much and escape it's just a just a fun little movie yeah. that I think is better than a lot of animated movies that came out recently.
0: And those movies, like you said, always just make you feel good. There, they have good values as well. They touch on themes of mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. love, friendship, family. There's also sadness. I find in a lot of these movies. Like, is there some sad stuff in onward? Yeah, this one's no.
1: This one's no exception. There's some very touching parts.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Get right on. I like this one's place. way better.
1: Yeah, this one to me is better than Frozen Two and all that. Those movies have not seen
0: yeah. frozen 2.
1: Yeah, I watched it. It was it's okay, but this one's a lot better in my opinion.
0: Is uh, inside out a um, Pixar movie?
1: Oh, that one's it, yes, it's a Pixar movie. That one I, I don't want to rewatch that one ever again.
0: It just it's too sad. It was sad, man. Yeah, I watched it with Andy and I was getting emotional watching it. It was uh, a the sad movie, but I we loved it, it a oh, like, no. Great flick. Yeah.
1: No shame in admitting that, but no, Inside Out like, crushed me. Yeah. It's for
0: sure. Alright, good. I'm yeah. glad, glad we're on the same page with this one. Bing Bong, My Boy. Oh,
1: fuck. Okay. <laughs> God, why'd you have to bring that up? <laughs> oh, okay. Okay, next movie for you.
0: So, next movie. I'm just going in reverse order here that I've watched them. So I'll quickly touch on this one. i had seen this one a bunch of times before. I actually wrote a review on it recently. My Return to the letterboxed application where you can review movies you've seen, give them a rating out of five stars, and just write a little write-up on it. So I rewatched Casino Royale, starring Daniel Craig. Great movie. I love um, this debut for Daniel Craig as James Bond, one of the most famous um, characters in cinema ever. And, um, yeah, the action, the storyline, the characters, the dialogue, just the... The stakes, everything. You can read my review on it on Letterboxd if you want. Just search me up. Eric Saloon. Anyways, so I love that movie. I think it doesn't get enough praise I find in the James Bond community. And I am gonna we're gonna rewatch Skyfall actually soon, so I'll see how it compares to Skyfall, which I find is the movie that gets the most praise out of the Daniel Craig Saga is James Bond, and I'd like to know your thoughts on it, Matt. Which one do you think is the greater film, Skyfall or Casino?
1: A hundred percent Casino Royale. Let's go. Not, not even a question.
0: Do you find Javier Bardem to be a better villain than Mads Mikkelsen's Le Chiffre?
1: Uh, no I do I don't think he's better than Moz Mickelson but to be fair I've only seen Skyfall once in the theater and mm.
0: that's it. I've only seen Skyfall twice. I've seen yeah. Okay. I've seen Casino a bunch of times. I just, I love the poker storyline as well. and I forgot that Jeffrey Wright was in Casino as well. Sick
1: actor. And isn't he amazing? He's isn't so he amazing and uh oh, I find phenomenal <laughs> actor.
0: I feel like I've been finding actors recently in attributing them to like that they could play people I know in their own biopics and I feel like Jeffrey Wright could play Dill our cousin (laughs) 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 if he grows the beard out anyways we'll move on that's just a a little aside there but I find he's a sweet actor um yeah I love Le Le Chiffre the torture scene is always so cringe-worthy though. That's one of the, that's got to be one of the toughest torture scenes to watch.
1: Yep. 100%. Uh, I saw it in, I saw this movie in the theater and I I, I didn't even know I, I did not know I was going to be walking into like one of the best films of one of the best James Bond movies like Everything About It. Um I love poker in yeah. general so like a whole like story based on that this poker game. Or like half the story is I loved it, and uh, Eva Green as the Bond girl, she's, she's Yeah, uh, beautiful and fantastic. Yeah. Um.
0: Uh. The the opening scene, like the chase scene at the beginning, how does that like that
1: hooks, hooks you right into the film, huh? Yeah.
0: yeah. That, that actor who plays the um, the man on the run, essentially, they're just pulling out these parkour moves are unreal to watch. Yeah. Yeah, makes me want to take up parkour. But um, one thing at a time, I'll start with beer brewing. But yeah, uh, Casino, great movie. And like you touched on too, I love seeing poker on the screen. And there aren't that many great poker movies. Like The only one I can think of off the top would be Rounders. I think that's the only, or maybe the Oceans movies, but they're not really poker-centric. They're more heist movies that take place in casinos, right? Yeah,
1: I, they're not poker movies. Those are more, those are heist movies. Um, okay, but... Uh, so, Casino Royale, you've been watching more James Bond movies,
0: right? Yeah, we watched Golden Eye, Goldfinger, and Quantum of Solace as well. I actually watched Quantum right after Casino because I'd only seen it once. I don't really need to touch on Quantum of Solace that much there, but it was alright. I mean, I remember it being not good when I saw it in theaters all those years ago, like 12 years ago now. But I did want to watch it because Casino ends on a cliffhanger where they introduce a character that is in Quantum of Solace and in the upcoming No Time to Die movie. So I wanted to see Quantum to remember what happened in it. It was alright. I mean, tough to follow up on Casino Royale. You don't really know what's going on or what the full implications are during Quantum of Solace, I find. And I was never really that... I didn't care that much about what was gonna happen, whereas in Casino, it's more um, boots to the ground. Like the danger is very immediate, and you feel a sense of um, like I don't know. It's really a, a sense of urgency. Really, that he needs to win the poker match to prevent Lechiff from getting the money to fund his terrorist activities. Right, so. But
1: yeah, yeah Golden oh, army Goldfinger. Quantum. Golden yeah, um, Goldfinger. Like when I told you to watch that, I was a little scared because it, it's, it's probably like a little dated if I'm correct,
0: right? It is dated. Um, I mean, obviously the fighting scenes and the choreography, you can't really compare it to nowadays. And you had texted me about it. Like in 60 years, are we going to be ripping apart the casino royale fight scenes i don't think so to be honest because i don't know how well how we're ever going to be able to top these kind of fight scenes like just man-to-man fighting i don't know how many technological advancements in cinema will be able to have to make fight scenes that much better but i'm sure they'll figure some figure something out to make them better but there's still a significant gap between and it's i'm not really faulting the producers at the time like you work with what you got and that's that was the um the peak of what was of what
1: was possible back then. Uh, well said. So, and I think I think back then they thought, oh, this will we'll never get better than this. <laughs> right, that's what they sure. probably said back in the day to you. Yeah. But I know what you're saying, like how how fighting's not really going to evolve. It's just how you show the fighting that's going to evolve. Like John Wick 3, like to me that's like the next level of like this is a fight scene at the end. Okay. Where I, I'm not going to get into the story, but, like, that's, like, John Wick 3 might be the pinnacle of, like, hand-to-hand fighting and gun fighting and all that stuff because it's just, like, incredible.
0: So what you're saying is I'm going to have to watch John Wick 3 and then compare it to Casino. Maybe my whole perception on man-to-man fighting will have changed then. So I do need to watch the two. Yeah,
1: like, John... John Wick 3 might outdate, might might make movies like Casino Royale, like the fighting outdated, yeah.
0: Okay. Maybe. Now we're on to something here. Yeah, I have to yeah. watch John Wick 2 and 3. I love John Wick 1. I don't know if we've ever talked about John Wick on, this, on the pod yet there, but I remember throwing it on when I was hungover, like no expectations, really just wait, spent the whole day chilling, and I absolutely loved it.
1: Oh, maybe in the future episode we can discuss the trilogy then. Yeah. Because i got a lot to say about each movie.
0: We could get Uncle Pat on here, an avid fan of the John Wick trilogy, and uh, he can share his thoughts as well. Oh,
1: my God. If if you bring him on that one, it's going to be me and him fighting for an hour. (laughs) And neither of us will win. We'll just be arguing over nothing.
0: That's the content that people want. See, Hoisters and Saul go at it. But, yeah, so uh, that's um, my... uh, My um, analysis, I guess, on Casino Royale. What you got, Matt? Well, solid. Okay. uh, I'll
1: just talk about two more movies, actually. Um, Well, the next one is actually a trilogy. So I actually um, last week, last Sunday, I I didn't want to. I wanted to stay indoors all day. I'm like, oh, what do I watch? So it was around eleven o'clock. I popped in Lord of the Rings Part One.
0: Oh, nice.
1: the theatrical version and then after the first one ended i'm like i'm popping in part two and then i popped in part three after so i, I basically sat down for nine and a half hours and watched the three lord of the Rings movies
0: great time well and spent
1: <laughs> I, it was so so good yeah. um the movies aged really well like i don't find any faults with the the cg or the fighting um, I was not bored for a second. I remember, like sometimes when I watch them, I'm, I, you know, the boring parts we're talking about Aragorn, Arwen, uh, all those scenes and Frodo. slower parts. I mean, I was not bothered by that. Right. <laughs> I think we I watched need to the f- theatrical cut. So,
0: no, go ahead, go ahead. We need to do a Lord of the Rings pod at some point as well. Those are some of my favorite okay. movies as well. Like one of the best trilogies if not the best trilogy i think in movie history history yeah yeah Yeah, i mean i love those movies as well i forget if we already talked about them as well on the pod but which one is your favorite of the three okay well that's
1: the next thing i want to talk about it's impossible for me to choose because like unlike most trilogies this this one, each three movies are, to me, like 10 out of 10 masterpieces. I literally, I don't think I can pick a favorite one. Because yeah. if I, like, my the easy answer would be, like, Return of the King, the last one. But mm. then I'm thinking of the, I really love the first one. But I also adore the second one a lot, too. So, I, I, I don't know. I'm a big Sean Bean fan. Like, I'm a big Boromir fan, so that pushes the first one up a little. 'Cause I, I love every moment with Boromir in the in Fellowship of the Rings, so I don't know, that might be my favorite.
0: Controversial character to to be rooting for. Boromir Boromir's an interesting character. I think on first viewing, which is a while ago there since I've seen it for the first time ever, you definitely dislike his character. But then you kinda get to sympathize for him there that he's only Acting on his father's behalf, and he his city is directly affected by the reign of in return of Sauron, right? So you see where his motivations come from to want to have the ring, and man is just naturally tempted by the ring. So I think there's a lot of analysis that could be done on the psychology of Boromir, Faramir, and. Oh, I forget his dad's name now, son of Denethor, Denethor. or Denethor, right. yeah, son of Ecthelion, right, so.
1: Yeah, so, okay, we we will do an episode on these, but just quickly, like, exa- that's, what you just said is exactly why Boromir is my favorite character, because unlike Aragorn and Legolas, who are per- basically perfect hum- humans, or elves, yeah, like there's nothing wrong with them. Like nothing affects them. They're just they do everything right. But Boromir is more like us men who are flawed. Like nobody in this world is perfect, and he's tempted by stuff. But he gets he gets the ultimate redemption. And like that's one of my favorite scenes in the French in the trilogy is his Daniel. redemption scene and his 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 final stand. And then the speech he gives, like when he's wounded and talking to Aragorn, is like. It's very sad and emotional. Yeah, I agree. How they end that movie that way.
0: What a and, redemption for that character, for
1: sure. Exactly. That's why he's my favorite. And he also has the best lines in the movies. Like everything he says is, is either funny or just informative, well said. I don't know. I love his character.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, the- so that was a fun day. I bet man. Doing a healthy Lord of the Rings marathon rip is always encouraged. We've done it here countless times at our house there. We all love Lord of the Rings there. And whenever you throw on fellowship, like you know, you're, you're, you're buckled in for the whole ride. You have to throw on two towers and return of the king next. We we have the extended edition as well. So we normally take, we watch one a day. Or even like one half a day, basically, because all the halves are like an hour, or like a movie, essentially, so a full movie. So, yeah, it's um, it's a full commit, but it's an enjoyable one. And uh, like you said, it, those movies really did age well, and um, even with like we've seen in Hobbit, having better technology definitely doesn't ina- doesn't mean having better fight scenes and better movies. So, that's something to keep in keep into consideration, I guess, for these movies. And we'll definitely do a pod on Lord of the Rings. At some point, and talking okay. about and all that. So yeah, I'm not gonna give my favorite one because I'll I'll simmer on it as well to give a, a detailed answer when the time is right.
1: All right, well, uh, like like okay, I could talk about these movies all day, and I will I'll save it for the the Lord of the Rings podcast.
0: Let's go keep okay. the people wanting yeah. more. No, okay. So. Uh, I'll just do you have say the following movie? Yeah, I'll just yeah. loop a few movies together, not really talk about them because you've already done so. I watched all the movies you recommended on the last movie seen in quarantine, episode thirty two. So this includes October Sky, starring Jake Gyllenhaal, loved it, Isle of Dogs, um, Wes Anderson's latest movie, The Lighthouse, with starring Robert Pattinson and Willem Dafoe. I forget if there was another one I watched as well, because I have watched a lot of movies since that episode, but those are the three that I've written down, and I love them all, to be honest. I love dogs. I really enjoyed being a dog owner has made me, I think, appreciate dog-related content a lot more now, and a lot of the stuff that dogs are doing was relatable. Like, even the the dog that sneezed a lot, like Simba, my dog, um, sneezes a lot as well, so it just made me laugh, and uh, the dialogue was great. I loved Edward Norton's character, Rex, Brian Cranston was great. Um, I love the whole cast, basically. So, yeah, I'm not going to give a full rundown of the movie there. I thought you did a great job on that episode. So, I love dogs. Definitely recommend The Lighthouse. I thought, like, I was really trying to force myself to really enjoy it and, like, enjoy this artistic black-and-white movie set in the 1800s. The acting was phenomenal. and We kind of already talked about it, Matt, that I enjoyed the acting a lot. But it was, it was a strange movie. I was waiting for something kind of supernatural to happen there's um some weird definitely some weird stuff that happens in this movie i do not think a casual movie viewer will enjoy this movie you really have to want to analyze character dynamics and um symbolism themes there are some funny moments i found and the like i said the acting was great but i don't think i'll be rewatching this movie it i can't say it's one of my favorites of 2019 And uh, yeah, that's pretty much it for those three.
1: (laughs) Yeah, after talking about The Lighthouse on the the two episodes ago, um, I I was reading reviews and they said like the movie is, you have a better understanding of the movie if you read and do homework on like folklore from back then. And basically if you do your homework, you'll enjoy the movie more, but that's not necessarily something that should be done to enjoy a movie completely. Like I think that's a little bit cheap to say that Like, oh, you'll only like this movie if you do some reading about it or reading about stuff like it. So, I don't know.
0: I agree. And I did do a bit of reading on it. Like, some of the themes I didn't really pick up on. Like, the dynamic between the two men. There were um, apparently overt signs of homosexuality between the two, which nothing really happens on screen between the two, but there's a lot of stuff that's hinted. And I didn't really pick up on it. I don't know if you did not, but and there's a lot more to it, like, just the perception of reality versus um, what's re- the the perceiving what's real or not mystical themes.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I I know what you're saying. I honestly I, I need to rewatch it to give it a fair analysis. Like I can't analyze the movie. It's only been one watch, and with me. I don't know if this happens with you, but every time I give a movie a second watch, it's almost 100% like it more because I've picked up on a lot more stuff. And you owe a movie a second watch to give it a fair, like, fair opinion on it, I find.
0: I think so. Especially a movie like this, like yeah. you said. Like, the whole time I was really waiting for the big reveal or what was in the lighthouse, what was going to happen at the end or whatnot. Now that I know what's going to happen, maybe there are some signs that hint towards what the final reveal is or um, everything that happens basically later on in the movie, there must be signs that hint towards what's going to happen, which you can't really pick up on uh, upon first viewing. So I think you're right in saying that two viewings is needed for most movies that really make you think, right? And I'm, I'm glad, I'm
1: glad you said that actually, because I didn't think of it that way. Movies where the second time is a totally different watch knowing the ending. Mm-hmm. for example fight club you've seen fight club yep
0: i've only seen it once
1: actually the to- the, but but you remember the twist at the end right of course i read the
0: book also actually
1: so so rewatching fight club you watch a different movie when you rewatch it because you are noticing everything that the twist like i mean i don't have to say anything but it is like watching a different movie same thing with uh, bruce willis's uh the sixth sense yeah have you seen that one?
0: Yeah, I've seen that a few times.
1: Totally different movie the second time. You notice everything that you should have noticed, that you notice knowing the twist, basically, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. So I love movies like that, actually. <laughs> Rewatching them is a, you watch them in a, through different, like, lenses of what's actually going on. And then you notice how brilliant those two movies are. I
0: agree. So I feel like another movie. Okay, now go for it. Go for it. I was just actually sorry. I just want to add. No, 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 you go for it. You go. Another movie that could be like this, which I had never seen until a few weeks ago now, is The Usual Suspects, which is known for its final great twist that I knew was coming the whole time because people always talked about for years, like oh, the end's crazy, it'll blow you away and stuff. So maybe I should rewatch it to pick up on what the twist is and everything, but I absolutely love the movie. It's a classic.
1: Oh, it's a, a, a phenomenal movie. One of the best 90s movie. Uh, I, no one ruined the movie for me, so when I watched it, I let my jaw hit the floor
0: at the ending. Yeah, crazy. <laughs> I'm, I'm yeah. becoming a bigger and bigger Kevin Spacey fan with the movies I've seen of his lately, like Seven, Usual Suspects, American Beauty. Like, I feel mm-hmm. like I need to see some other, what are some other Spacey classics?
1: Oh, uh, uh, I'll get back on that. I'll just try to think of some. I mean, where he's the main character. I mean, you. Th- those are the main two that are like he's known for. Okay. But he's normally like a support, a really good supporting character. Okay. Um. Yeah, I'll get back to you on that. All right. Cool. Thanks. Um. Uh, we'll talk about my last movie first, All right. which is a Netflix original called the platform oh okay. and it's uh, i'd call it a psychological sci-fi horror film have you heard of this
0: i have actually uh, my friend also friend of the pod curtis recommended it I haven't gone around to watching it yet so you also endorse this oh. movie
1: okay good job curtis yeah i love this movie and it's a movie that stayed with me for days and i, w- I watched it with my uh mother or she watched some of it with me but basically we talked about the movie for like a whole week after because there's so many different interpretations um did, did Curtis talk to you about the
0: premise of the movie? Yeah, I'll have to, I'd have to go through our um, conversation about it though. Um, I don't really remember. It was a while ago actually that he recommended it. He he just I remember him saying uh, okay. he wasn't a, a really big fan of the ending. I don't know if you share that sentiment.
1: Okay, so I'll briefly, briefly uh, give you a, like, a synopsis for everybody listening. Okay. So the platform, basically, this, it all takes place in this vertical prison, and each floor of this vertical prison has two inmates per floor, and there's hundreds of floors, a couple hundred floors, basically, with two inmates per floor, and each each level has a hole in the middle where this platform descends each day with food to feed the inmates so it starts at the top of the plat at, at the top of the prison on level one the first floor so a feast of food starts descending to level one they can eat anything they can in two minutes Without bringing food on, like without hoarding food, they can only eat what's on the platform. Two minutes later, the platform will lower to level two. They have two minutes to eat as much food as they can. And then it goes down to level three and then level four. Well, if you're on platform 100, by the time the food gets to you, there might only be like scraps left. Right. So this whole platform is supposed to feed the whole prison. But people are greedy and they eat more than they, ha- more than they should because they just gorge themselves. So does that does that make sense explaining it that yeah, way?
0: Absolutely, and is it a feast of a selection for okay. level one? Like, are they getting a tier Masu up there? So like,
1: yeah, like they show like this fancy these all these chefs cooking the feast every day, and it's like it looks like a a feast from like a old period piece. Like you got like fancy like silver it's it's a big it's a there's a lot of food like it's okay. it's meant to last for every single floor but everyone eats more than they should right and the whole movie is an allegory or a comparison of how like society works basically those on top, you know, they have more than what they need, so they're eating, the whole movie's basically a a big statement on all that stuff going on, but the thing with the movie, the platform, is every month you get placed on a different level, so you could be the kings one day and rock the first ten levels, or you could be in the bottom hundred levels the next month, and how people survive down there with, like, no food coming to them, I mean, that's up to, like, there's, like, you know, it's hinted at that, like, you know people kill their inmates and do stuff mm. to stay alive
0: got to do what you got to do to survive and
1: each person in this prison yeah each each person in this prison is allowed to bring one item so our main character he he decides to bring a book but his his cellmate at the beginning brings a butcher knife mm. so like right away our main character is like okay i got to watch myself
0: cuz you got to coexist
1: with your one uh, roommate yeah. exactly so so but that's like the setup of the movie and you all this info I've said you learn in the first 10-20 minutes okay. so and then the movie just goes from there and super super compelling and you don't know what's going to happen and the ending is most people's critique on this movie is the ending uh, but I didn't have a problem with it because you know I formed my own interpretations of it but it's how do I say this it's not a cut and dry ending, that's that's okay. what I'm gonna say.
0: Okay. Well it's definitely interesting and piqued my curiosity. Yeah. Um is it a German film no, as well? No. Or am I way off on that? It's
1: it's a Spanish movie. Okay. So it's a yeah. dub of it's, films
0: it's, or it's or really, really
1: good. Sorry, it's it's very explicit though. Like I know you're not the biggest like horror fan okay. or like if you like if you if Gore turns you off you might dislike some aspects of the movie but like it's 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 a brutal violent movie okay
0: i think it will be all right yeah.
1: but uh, no yeah, it
0: does sound so interesting and um i was gonna say yeah it did seem eerie like i'd seen previews on just scrolling on netflix there really quickly and it did look like it had an eerie psychological dark vibe so yeah no it seems interesting and i'll uh, i'll check that out it's on the list thanks man sweet Yeah, I recommend that movie to everyone, actually. Okay, right on. Yeah. I have one more movie that I'd like to throw out there, and I want to see if you've seen this, Matt. It's an older movie called Twelve Monkeys. Have you seen this?
1: Oh, Oh, I love that movie. Okay.
0: That was, that was a thing. Good luck
1: explaining it. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly, right? So without, like I said, I don't really want to spoil endings or anything. I don't even know if I could spoil the ending of this movie because I, I'm still not sure I 100% understood it. But um, it was a dystopian sci-fi movie starring Bruce Willis and Brad Pitt who um, Bruce Willis is basically, basically gets sent back to the past to stop and... Um, an epidemic from spreading throughout the world, uh, a virus basically that wipes out 5 billion people on the planet, leaving only a small minority of people alive, and the animals roam freely throughout the world and have taken control, kind of. Am I Is that a fair assessment of the, the plot at first, Matt?
1: Yeah, I'd say so.
0: And then he gets sent back in time quite a few times to alter the tra- trajectory of the future. And the whole time you're kind of questioning whether, or I was anyways, questioning whether our protagonist was a reliable, was a reliable um, mind, basically, whether, like I was questioning whether these events were real or not, because he is incarcerated <coughs> in a um, a mental institution for a bit of the movie quite early on, so this isn't really a spoiler. But a lot of the, of the settings mirror each other where, that there's always a panel evaluating him, either in the, the ward or in the um, underground, uh, bunker-like setting. He finds himself in the future, when he gets sent back in time. They do mirror each other, so I was wondering whether or not what was going on was even real or not. And um, I'll leave it at that. It, it was uh, some good acting. I like Brad Pitt's character a lot. He was um, He played somewhat of a disturbed character that Bruce Willis meets in The Mental Institution. And, um, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, they, he go, they both go on their respective adventures, trying to prevent and, um, prevent the virus from breaking out and from making it happen. Basically, that's my run. Yeah. Brad,
1: uh, Brad Pitt, Brad Pitt was nominated for an Oscar for this movie. Actually, like he was that good.
0: Yeah. That's why I watched the movie. Actually, that's how I found yeah. it. anyways
1: okay and like uh, Bruce Willis is an unreliable narrator basically like Mm -hmm. is what he's I what from what I remember the movie is being really a being really confused but then when the ending happens I think it it all ties together and makes sense like you didn't have any questions after the movie kind of Yeah. of. yeah it's been a while for me too I'm not gonna lie like I it's, I need to rewatch it. Like,
0: it makes sense, but yeah. it also doesn't at the same time. <laughs> like everything does yeah. tie itself up at the end. But then if you read the credits and see which character anyways, it's not black and white at the end. I don't think all your answers or all your questions are answered at the end. That's my um, opinion. Okay. Anyways. Yeah. Fun fact, though, 12
1: Monk, two things, 12 Monkeys is actually based on a French short film, actually, it's, did you know that? It's, no, did not. It's like a 20-minute, this 20-minute short film that is literally just narrated and pictures, not, not like, and no video, just pictures, huh. and it's literally 12 Monkeys. <laughs> okay, have you seen yeah? it? Yeah, very interesting. Yeah, it's it's. uh, I have the release. Oh, nice. It's 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 in French. It's called La Jetée. Okay.
0: Two words, La. I'll
1: I'll send you a pic. I'll send you a pic. Yeah, L A. Yeah, La Jetée. Okay, gotcha. I'll send you a picture of the movie after. Okay, cool. Uh, Um. Also, the director of Twelve Monkeys, Terry Gilliam. I love all his movies are great. Like uh, Brazil. Which I'm a huge fan of. Which you should watch actually. Okay. It's a sci-fi film called Brazil, with your boy in it, uh, the the Sparrow, the High
0: Sparrow, John oh, Price. Price. Nice, my boy. I don't know about he's that He's the main one, but... character,
1: yeah. <laughs> I know, it was joke, yeah. I know it's a joke, yeah. And like he directed Time Bandits. Um, he's done a lot of movies, basically. British director. Okay. No, sorry, American director. Um, I thought he was British because he made all the Monty Python movies too. So he was friends with all of them. Okay, nice. Um, but no, uh, solid, uh, 12 month I'm, I'm glad you watched it.
0: Overall, yeah, I enjoyed it for sure. But I I, w- I should re-watch it again. Like like we just talked about earlier, it's one of those movies where you're trying to figure out what's going on, what's real, what's not. Can we trust our narrator? Mo- like, in my opinion, most of our an- most of our questions get answered, but you're still left thinking at the end of the movie, so... Maybe I'd pick up on more upon second viewing. Well, I for sure would, but... Would recommend, though. It's on Prime Video. That's where I watch it. Oh, nice. Old-school sci-fi. And I love dystopian movies, if they're done right. Like, I find... The teen drama, dystopian movies are definitely overplayed, and I don't really want to see any more of those kind of movies, like Divergent, um, Maze Runner, all that crap, but,
1: yeah. Then I, I think you would love Brazil, then.
0: Okay. Putting
1: a little I think you would. <laughs> it's weird, but good, yeah. It really um, reminds me okay. of
0: kind of um, like 2001 Space Odyssey, except watchable. <laughs> oh, that's harsh. <laughs> uh, uh, but yeah, so that, that's okay, my last back movie, basically.
1: Okay. Quickly, back to Kevin Spacey. Watch the movie from 1997, L.A. Confidential.
0: Oh, okay, I've heard of it. Never seen it. Nice. He's,
1: he's one of the main characters. He's great in it. So is everyone else. Russell Crowe, Guy Pearce, Kevin Spacey. Uh, no, just watch the movie. It's really good. Okay, nice yeah do you have uh any other recommendations i have i have one recommendation but if you have you shoot them off first
0: well i mean i've there's a few movies i have on my list that i wanted to talk about later basically that i started like last night i started watching vice i watched the first 20 minutes i was into it and i do want to finish the movie um have you seen it Actually, I have not seen it. Oh, you so have you'll let me know when you finish Damn. it. Damn, okay. Yeah, I will. Uh, I'm going to finish that one up soon. There's The Ballad of Buster Scruggs, the Coen Brothers movie. That was a recommendation of the friend of the podcast, Basam, And he also recommended Hot Summer Nights with a an openness of mind in that he also didn't love the ending so that I shouldn't be too harsh on it. But yeah, those were his two recommendations for me. Have you seen either of these movies, Matt? So I've I've actually seen Hot Summer
1: Nights, and I agree with him. Like great start to the movie, the ending not as good. That's it's a saying, good yeah. uh, it's a good little movie.
0: He's a big yeah. Timothy Chalamet stan, so he's trying to get through all his movies. Hasn't seen Call Me by Your Name yeah. though, which is shocking. But
1: that's uh, his best movie. But Hot Summer Nights, he's good in it. I like the. I watched it for the girl in the movie cuz I'm a big fan of hers, Micah Monroe. Okay. Like I thought I think she's really good. No um, that's why I watched it. <laughs> yeah, so um the the ballad of Buster Scruggs. Scruggs. never seen it. It's a
0: Netflix original yeah. Cohen Brothers.
1: Yeah, I know what uh, you know what I think I will. I think it's an anthology, like little stories. Yeah, I think it's six different um, stories. You know what? I'm gonna because he's recommending it, and other people have, and I haven't seen it yet, I will watch it. All
0: right. The Sam. I'm gonna write that through. one down. Yeah. So I'm yeah. Gonna write it down. I also have Sicario on my list that I want to watch, which I saw was part of your Denis Villeneuve top movies post.
1: Oh, you need to watch Sicario. You need to watch every Denis Villeneuve movie. Actually. I know, man. <laughs> uh,
0: you said Inception Z a few times on the pod. I gotta watch that one.
1: Oh, that one just will crush you when you watch it. Okay. I'm just warning you. It's the, like the saddest, most it's the saddest, most powerful movie. Like top three mo- most powerful movies I've ever seen, and I'm not even exaggerating.
0: Is it centered like, around fighting the
1: movie? No. Okay. It's just it's centered around war, but like. I remember I had to go to work after watching the movie, and I was just thinking about. It's just, it's a downer, but it's like so good and powerful. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah, it's honestly, it's maybe the, it's probably the best Canadian movie ever made.
0: And is it a French movie?
1: It's it's a it's a it's a Quebec movie, but it has a lot of uh, Arabic in it because it starts off in French, but then we flash back to like, uh, which country is it? I don't know. Maybe uh, Iraq or Afghanistan. Although okay. this is bad that I can't remember. Yeah, it's French and Arabic.
0: Okay. okay.
1: But it, like, it's produced by Ke- it's a Quebec film. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. My my only recommendation is a Taika Watiti movie. It's called What We Do in the Shadows on Netflix.
0: Oh, it's on Netflix. Have you heard of this movie? Yes, I have heard of it. I have no idea what it's I about, mean, but I've heard of the I've heard of the name. It's it's. It, it's
1: basically a comedy. It's a horror comedy, heavy on the comedy. And it's just, it's presented like a reality TV show following four vampires in a house and what they do in their daily lives. But it's absolutely superbly acted and hilarious. And Tyka Ta- plays one of the vampires and he's hilarious. Like the whole movie is super smart and witty and, but presented like kind of like a reality show um with you know
0: yeah that's right kind in like my a big,
1: not a big brother uh,
0: okay if yeah. i'm a big no, challenge guy check it MTV's out own so I, I i could dabble with some reality tv stuff jersey shore um <laughs> yeah okay nice any other big name actors in that one or is that one of his older films before he was like he's really well known now people really love taika
1: This was like his middle, like he had
0: done a couple movies
1: before What We Do in the Shadows, which came out in 2015, but this was his first, um, like it was a more bigger release, because I think his other movies were more like indie festival films that he probably shot in New Zealand, but this is, has more of a bigger, bigger feel to it. Or it's more widely known I should say. But the other big actor in it is Jermaine uh, Clement, I think his name is, from Flight of the Concords. Okay. He's like a comedian. Ah he's well known. I know a lot of people are big fans of his. I think I'm I hope I'm saying his name right. Yeah, I don't
0: I don't but, know. But uh, really
1: there. No, it's it's a funny it's a really good movie. It's a really smart movie. Yeah.
0: I feel like that's a staple So i got to recommend that one. Right on, I will check that out for yeah. sure. All these movies, I'm going to check them out. Um, I feel like Taika needs Sweet. his own Star Wars trilogy. Like, people would love that, I think. Like, like we already talked about earlier, the colors, the humor, the witty and smart dialogue, I think would really be good in reviving that franchise. What do you think about that?
1: I think that'd be great. And he's obviously a fan. I mean, he voiced a character in The Mandalorian, so... Obviously, he knows. Like, he wouldn't do that if he hated Star Wars, right? So, exactly. I think that'd be great.
0: And he also directed, I think, one or two episodes of Mandalorian, which is the the oh, show I'm, I'm most looking forward to right now. Um, all right, right on.
1: And they announced season three, I believe.
0: Yeah, I think that's been confirmed. And yeah. did you see also that they're gonna they're gonna do um, a live action Ahsoka in Mandalorian? Did you see that?
1: Yeah, I I saw that and I'm super excited.
0: Rosario Dawson, because, great choice.
1: Yeah, yeah, I agree. And Ahsoka's character right now in the Clone Wars, which is still like the last few episodes are coming out every Friday, is unreal. Like I just watched the episode two nights ago from Friday, the last Friday episode, and. Basically, the event, the events taking place are taking place at the same time as Revenge of the Sith. So, it's, it's actually really cool.
0: So yeah. That's what Derek actually they texted finally caught me. caught up. He texted me Friday yeah. saying... or saw, Actually, yesterday, he texted me saying that the lightsaber battle in the last episode is better than... And we should take this with a grain of salt because he was very vocal about his hatred of the sequel trilogy, but... Better than any lightsaber battle in the sequel trilogy, so he had high praise for the last two episodes, especially of Clone Wars, which I've said a bunch of times on air that I do need to get into, but I don't know. I'm just not in the mindset really to get into Clone Wars. It's a it's a full commit, and I've been crushing movies. But what are your thoughts on that, Matt? You love the last lightsaber battle as well.
1: Okay, so I have lots. I'm going to keep this quick. One. You need to just watch the last two episodes of Clone War right now. Just the last two. <laughs> it's it's his part one, part two. Two, you need to text Derek after we get off and tell him Matt agrees with everything you've just said. Oh,
0: God. That's the last these thing last he needs two, to hear these last,
1: right now. These last two episodes of Clone Wars were more enjoyable than when I was watching Last Jedi. Maybe not Rise of Skywalker, but close. Like... I'm not exaggerating these last two episodes were amazing the fights like there's some fight scenes with Ahsoka in the part one where she's just like I don't I want you to watch it and then we can talk about it I'm not going to say what happens but you let Derek know I agree with him I don't, I'm not even joking
0: but um, yeah <laughs> right on man that's g- good to hear. So if I do end up getting back into Clone Wars, like now with you and Derek endorsing Rebels, I am I feel like I'm more likely to watch that as well than to watch the whole Clone Wars. But if you're saying you can just jump into the last two episodes without having seen, because I stopped watching it late season three. So I don't really want to watch all these other seasons three, four, five, six just to watch seven now. I feel like that'll, be, that'll take up way too much of my time. So if I can just jump into those episodes, I'll do that. Do you think I could?
1: Just, exactly. Just watch the last, ep- just watch the two last episodes. You, that's it. It's like 25 minute episodes. You can crush it in under an hour. I recommend you do that. Okay, then
0: I will. Thanks, uh, Matt. Yeah. Um, yeah. i not doing this because Derek said I should. But, um, the ep- <laughs> <laughs> The episodes have a 9.9 out of 10 rating on IMDb right now, which is wild. So um, I, I have no doubts that you're both right and that they're amazing episodes. So glad to hear your thoughts on them. So, um, yeah, do you um, have anything else? Any yeah. other notes for the people?
1: No, uh, just to say everyone keep busy and, uh, uh, again, stay safe. But, uh, yeah, just... I look forward to hearing, I just look honestly myself. I just look forward to like after all this is over and our newfound appreciation for things. Cause I think we will have a newfound appreciation for lots of things we took for gran- granted.
0: Man, yeah. I hope so too. And I hope we can all just find it in ourselves to be more loving than hating when we do get back to being able to be out in public with each other. Like maybe to, um, just be nicer to each other with people you may have had issues with in the past that you interact with at work. Let's say that you haven't been able to see for so long, just um, to see them in, in a different light and appreciate the differences you may have with them and whatnot. So yeah, I do hope we can find it in ourselves to be more civil and just we're all human after all and try to just find the best in each other. And yeah, I echo everything you've said as well, Matt. So everyone stay safe. Thanks a lot for listening. Matt, it was super fun to talk again Looking forward to the next time we'll catch up again. We'll maybe get a guest on for the next one as well. And uh, yeah, I hope you all enjoy our movie recommendations. Stay safe and yeah, peace.